He is truly great, who is great in charity, the imitation of Christ. Brethren in Christ, laudate to Jesus Christus in secula. This is Timothy Flanders with the meaning of Catholic. Jesus is King. Happy Feast of St. Lawrence. Great Feast Day of the Roman Rite. And welcome to part three of the Imitation of Christ. We're reading straight through the Imitation of Christ. And we'll read, we'll comment, we'll discuss. And that will be the show. So we have part three, chapter three, book one, chapter three, today. And this is an offering, especially to the Fellowship of St. Anthony, which is our lay sodality, which is offers up penance for clergy and seminarians. If you'd like to join that, you can contact us. You can join the guild, patreon.com slash meaning of Catholic. As always, if you can't afford to be a part of the guild, just contact me. We can give you a free spot on it. And with the guild, you get uh, online community. You get uh, free content, free books. Uh, at 3 p.m., we'll have our guild-only stream today, and we'll be talking about a, a recent controversy, which will go nameless, but uh, guild members know what we'll be talking about. But these are the things that you can have access to, um, controversial veggios and whatnot. So let's get into our imitation of Christ. So this is book one, chapter three, the doctrine of truth. Happy is he whom truth teacheth by itself, not by figures and words that pass, but as it is in itself. Our opinion and our sense often deceive us and discover but little. What availeth a great dispute about abstruse and obscure matters for not knowing which we shall not be questioned on the day of judgment? It is a great folly for us to neglect things profitable and necessary and willingly to busy ourselves about those things which are curious and hurtful. We have eyes and see not. And why need we concern ourselves about terms of philosophy? He to whom the eternal word speaketh is set at liberty from a multitude of opinions. From one word are all things, and this one all things speak. And this is the beginning which also speaketh to us. Without this word, no one understands or judges rightly. He to whom all things are one, and who draws all things to one, and who sees all things in one, may be steady in heart and peaceably repose in God. O truth, my God, make me one with thee, in eternal love. I am wearied with often reading and hearing many things. In thee is all that I will or desire. Let all teachers hold their peace. Let all creatures be silent in thy sight. Speak thou alone to me. The more a man is united with himself, within himself and interiorly simple, the more and higher things doth he understand without labor, because he receiveth the light of understanding from above. A pure, simple, and steady spirit is not dissipated by a multitude of affairs because he performs them all to the honor of God and endeavors to be at rest within himself and free from all self-seeking. What is a greater hindrance and trouble to thee than thine own unmortified affection of heart? A good and devout man first disposes his works inwardly, which he is to do outwardly. Neither do they draw him to the desires of an inordinate inclination, but he bends them to the rule of right reason. Who hath a stronger conflict than he who striveth to overcome himself? And this must be our business, to strive to overcome ourselves and daily to gain strength over ourselves and to grow better and better. All perfections in this life are attended with some imperfections and all our speculations with certain obscurity. The humble knowledge of thyself 
is a surer way to God than the deepest search after science. Learning is not to be blamed, nor the mere knowledge of anything which is good in itself or and ordained by God, but a good conscience and a virtuous life are always to be preferred before it. But because many make it more their study to know than to live well, therefore are they often deceived and bring forth none or very little fruit. Oh, if men would use as much diligence in rooting out vices and planting virtues as they do in proposing questions, there would not be so great evils committed, nor scandals among the people, nor so much relaxation in monasteries. Verily, when the day of judgment comes, we shall not be asked what we have read, but what we have done, nor how learnedly we have spoken, but how religiously we have lived. Tell me where are now all those great doctors with whom thou wast well acquainted whilst they were living and flourishing in learning. Now others fill their places, and I know not whether they ever think of them. In their lifetime they seem to be something, and now they are not spoken of. Oh, how quickly doth the glory of the world pass away. Would that their lives had been answerable to their learning, then would they have studied and read well. How many perish in the world through vain learning, who little care for the service of God, and because they chose rather to be great than to be humble. Therefore, they are lost in their own imaginations. He is truly great who is great in charity. He is truly great who is little in his own eyes, and holdeth as not the pinnacle of honor. He is truly prudent who looks upon all earthly things as nothing that he may gain Christ. And he is very learned indeed who does the will of God and renounces his own will. End of chapter three. So once again, you can get this. This is the pocket edition that I recommend. It's uh, very good. And you, you can read each chapter in just about five minutes. This was actually a longer chapter than normal. But there's so many great things in this chapter that we can discuss here because uh, I think that as I've discussed before on this particular series, um, I, I mean, it just, it, it convicts us because we are, the internet actually shows evidence of the fact that we are more concerned with these curious questions than with living well. We're more concerned with those things than with, you know, spiritual topics, which are meant to help us be holy. I think there's so many great things that he said here. Um, you know, what availeth thee a great dispute of, of, about abstruse and obscure matters that you're not going to be questioned about on Judgment Day? Judgment Day will be not how much you know and how much you've studied and solved obscure questions, but how well did you live? And that should be our concern, especially in a time of, of our, our, our crisis, that w there are certain questions in the Catholic Church today that have not been quite resolved disputes, controversies, and I, I myself enter into these controversies, uh, and I, I myself am in danger of making these controversies more important than the sure doctrine of self-knowledge and overcoming your sin. Those are the things that we should be focusing on, because these obscure questions should not, they're not, they shouldn't trouble us, because we're not going to be judged on those questions. If those questions are troubling us, then we're focusing on the wrong thing and our heart is not in the right place. Our heart should be on overcoming this sin in my life and acquiring this virtue in my life. That should be our the anxiety of our hearts, 
but instead the anxiety of our hearts is is placed on these obscure theological controversies that theologians are debating currently uh like over at one peter five you know we're we're publishing on papalism and the, the place of the pope and different aspects of that and that's a situ that's a that's a question that needs to be resolved but it's a very secondary matter it's something that's very it's ancillary it's um you know not as important as as the things that we need to focus on and we're not going to be judged by resolving these things we're not going to be judged on that and so we need to focus on what we will be judged on and that is how well we will be lived i love what he says here when the day of judgment comes we shall not be asked what we have read but what we have done nor how learnedly we have spoken but how religiously we have lived um, and I, I love what he says here, a pure, simple and steady spirit is not dissipated by a multitude of affairs because he performs them all to the glory of God. What is a greater hindrance and trouble to thee than thine own unmortified affection of heart? This is our struggle is always keeping our affection, our heart on Christ. He who is the same yesterday, today and forever. And that is the, our peace of heart. And that's what we need to focus on in our day. So let's pray an Ave to end this out and ask Our Lady to fix our heart on this Feast of St. Lawrence, fix our heart where true joys are to be found and true peace, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and not on obtruse, obscure matters that are only secondary on the Day of Judgment. In nomine Padre, Sefidi, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum diarbus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostrae, Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii, Spiritus Sancti, Amen.